0: Welcome to
1: She Podcast. Here are your sexy and beautiful hosts, Jess
0: and Elsie. Hello, Jessica. What's up, Elsie? Yay, here we are. <laughs> we are on our way to podcast movement. <laughs> podcast movement it's, here we come oh my gosh we just have uh, four weeks to go or less maybe right because it's july you
1: started from yes yeah
0: so Three anyway. week, oh
1: no, no july is like the longest month ever it's I actually know, right? like five weeks
0: from now hold oh. on today is the first <laughs> Today the so july 6th have- because that's when we're here.
1: oh right okay <laughs> but we're taping out oh, oops <laughs> Oops, you saw behind the curtain, people. Uh, pay no attention. Pay no
0: attention. Pay no attention. But technically,
1: we have like one, two, three, four and a half weeks till we're there. Okay, that's not bad. So mine's like the longest month. I mean, it might as well be two months. That's how long it is. It's a Anyway. Month.
0: Yes. Sorry. Totally. am totally. a little amp. Okay, let us talk really quickly about some podcasting news and updates that are going out there in case you had not uh, you know freaked yourself out yet and you had not gotten into iTunes or something. Just wanted to let you guys know that there is a really, really funky bug in there that is causing it, iTunes as a whole, for all podcasts uh, yeah. to only show the latest 20 episodes of your ep- of your podcast. So, and this is happening to no matter who's hosting you. No matter who your host is, anybody, or how your feed is created. So, this is as, as for all iTunes. Uh, they are aware of the issue, and um, I will link to you guys. I link you guys to your support article in Libsyn to keep on checking to see if there are any other news. Uh, so, this is, we just checked on this a couple of days ago. And it still has not been fixed. So if, if you do have concerns or if you check today on Monday and it's still doing that, you can still go over to that article that I'm going to link to in the show notes because that one is going to be completely uh, updated as things are, you know, information comes out. Just to let you guys know. But another note is that it's not affecting search. So if someone is searching for something in iTunes of a topic or a guest that you covered uh, or an interview that you had that is beyond those 20 shows that people can see, Mm -hmm. they are still showing up. So search is working, but it's only showing the latest 20. Just to let you guys know. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, people. It has nothing to do with anything other than iTunes. And it seems like it's because of – you know how iTunes – is is it iTunes or now Apple Music? I think it's called Apple Music. Apple Music. Okay. Wait, did they change completely change the name? Get out of town. No, no, Hold no, on. no. no. Apple Music is just the new service oh, that yes. they're doing. Yeah, it's it, Spotify. Yes, Wait, right, 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 absolutely from right Apple, back. and so they are doing a lot. I have a feeling that this is what's happening, and this is generally what people comment on whenever there's going to be a large update or something that has to do with that is going to, in some way, shape, or form, affect the iTunes ecosystem usually things break because they're working in the back end trying to do new things. So um, this is something that possibly they didn't really look into before or something. You know, you never know. So mm-hmm. you do you move one piece and then the other piece gets a little funky. And iTunes hasn't really been updated since it began, basically.
1: <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty much been the same. I mean, once. It got a little prettier once.
0: Yeah, that's about it. So I think yeah, that... That's there's a lot of stuff that's been cobbled together in that ecosystem. So things generally break and, and I Apple music was just recently released. So that's probably yeah what's going on. So just yeah. to let you guys know about that. And now uh, we are going to be moving into this n- nice little article that you sent to me. Speaking of when do you have time to read this Jess? because you are constantly sending me articles from ad age. So how do you read the adage articles? Oh,
1: you can subscribe okay. to get it in your email. So that's oh, how I'm – that's okay. why I'm – it's pretty much the only well, – I'll tell you what. Once the – um, now I don't even remember what they were called. The upfronts. Once the upfronts were happening, I was like, I want to get okay. more of this kind of information all the time, like the marketing stuff, especially when it comes to media. So I subscribe to – and they have a 100 billion ad ages. So let me see which one I'm subscribed to in case anyone's interested. You go to adage.com and then let me look at my like – um, you know my shiz.
0: But I'm asking simply Buggy. because you usually don't do that. Really? So like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, it's true. I don't. What read. is going on? I'm trying to be better. I'm Good. Be well, you've like been QLC. doing really great because now when you when we get into this article, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. When we start to move into it, but every time that you send me an article is from Ad Age, and I'm like, how do you have time to? Because that's a, like you were talking about. That's a huge publication I mean they have
1: so much stuff marketing advertising digital media agency data and b2b and so I I, I can't get into my account for whatever reason but like when you become a member oh you have to pay I don't pay you can get it daily or weekly um let's see okay if I go okay there's like all kinds of news and um let's see email preferences Oh god, I'm sorry. This is going to take so much longer than I really intended for it to take. I really did not want this to happen. My god. You know, the whole website is just funky. Forget it. But the point is, when you sign up, just get the minimal amount that you think you're interested in. Um I basically get just like the daily because it also talks about what commercials are happening. Also, I've learned that Lean Cuisine is pivoting away from diet food like Oh my gosh. I know. How that's- are you going to do that when your name's Lean Cuisine? Duh. Oh my god, but- that's bizarre. No, but people don't want to diet and so they're going (gasps) to have to – yeah, they're doing like market special and stuff like that. Anyway, so uh, it's interesting though, right? It's so so interesting. Yeah, wow. Well, okay. I also put together like a Google alert for podcasting and I think I have too much stuff because even though I get it every day, I'm getting every time a podcast is mentioned like Android Central and like stuff that nobody's ever heard of. How to get started in podcasting comes to me like 18 times a day.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. (laughs) I have, I have a Google alert for, I believe, not podcast, but podcasting. That's what mine is podcasting. Yeah, I have podcasting and I usually get an average of about 60 to about 120. Yep. And I just scan, I just scan them like really quickly and, me too. I know. It's so weird. No, ladies, I promise you that this will make sense or gents, that when you start to, so this is how I do my research for all you geek people things. So I do have a Google alert for podcasting. I use Feedly as my, uh, as my feed reader of choice. Yeah. And so when I go into Feedly and I check out uh, the podcasting tag, I just scan. It's really great because Feedly only has like, it has a list, right? It just has a really, it's just headlines. It's sort of like when you're looking at your email client. And when you go in there, I just read the headlines. And then whenever I see a headline that I really like calls my attention, that I feel like I should read it above like how how to podcast, you know, something like that. Then I just right click on that and open a new a new tab. And so I end up at the end, I just scan all of them. And then at the end, I end up with like about 10 tabs open in my browser window. And then after that, then I start to go scan each individual of those articles. Then I see if whether or not it merits me sharing it or not. Because there are a lot of articles in there that are the same. And there's also a lot of articles in there that are link link bait. It's just pure link bait or link farms, I guess. I don't even know. Cause they're not even articles. It's sort of like they get money for, if you just land on the page, it's all ad supported and there is really no information on there. Um, so, but that's how I find my stuff. It's really easy for me to do that. Yeah. Uh, I it's do working
1: that. out so far. It's just, they, they kind of pile up after a while.
0: Yeah. So you do, that's why, I mean, I do it daily. It's part of my daily job or my, I just like to Do that kind of stuff and see breaking stuff, but anyway, let's go to this article. This one is called um, Engagement with Brand Content Soared 52% Last Quarter. Far from growing sick of brand content, people are increasing clicks faster than marketers can pump it out. It's one that I sent you, (laughs) yeah. You did, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And so, I have here the the top 25 because I want I think you wanted to discuss this. The top 25 brands accounted there, there's okay, so there's only 25 brands. This is crazy. Not ever. No, Not no. ever. But I mean, in this, in this study, in this article, there's only these 25 brands that accounted for 12% of all consumer engagement with brand content in the past year. I just want to... I mean, that sounds low, but if you think about the fact that like of
1: how many businesses there are out there, That's for 25 companies to even get like... A small, you know, a small percent is a big deal. It means that people engage with these brands really more than anyone else on a consistent basis. Absolutely, That's what it means,
0: right. And then, so, if you look at these, though, it's really fun. Now, for me, when I started to read this, I'm like, oh, I want to go see what they're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, we know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. I can, well, I, can, I
0: know. I don't know how, how what happens. What they're doing. All right. So National Geographic is one of them, of course. Like to right. me, that then, made absolutely. It's really cool. The NBA. Oh, yeah. National Geographic. Oh, my God. Have you not seen their pictures that they post? I I don't know what they're doing. Oh, my gosh. That's one thing. I don't know what they're doing. I know what
1: BuzzFeed is doing. I know what MTV is doing. Fox News. You know, a lot of these I do know what they're doing, like E! Online.
0: All right. I don't know what
1: Forever 21 is doing to get that kind of number though.
0: I think that they're probably, they're doing a lot of, oh, we'll see. This is what's going to start to to come come into play here when you start to see this is the Instagram X factor, which um, for Instagram seems to have been like, oh my God, it's the stats for engagement for Instagram stuff is just out of control. I was just seeing that. I was like, holy cow, that's crazy. No wonder everybody's jumping on the Instagram bandwagon.
1: Yeah, I want to see what theirs is now that you've got me curious. Yeah, yeah
0: so I have a feeling they're, they're really doing that kind of stuff. But anyway, National Geographic, the NBA, NFL, WWE, Victoria's Secret, MTV, Fox News, E! Online, GoPro, which is kind of neat, Brandy Melville. Brandy Melville. I don't know who that is. Brandy Melville? Yeah.
1: I don't know who it is. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Should we find
0: out? probably... You do the research. I'll finish. Okay, I'll okay, keep going. reading. Yeah. BuzzFeed. Aeropostale. Yeah. Major yeah, yeah. Major League Baseball. Huffington Post. Urban Outfitters. Hollywood Life. Bleacher Report. Forever 21. Hollister. NHL. Telemundo. Anastasia. Hey, hey. Telemundo. Anastasia Beverly Hills. That's very interesting to me, too. People... ABC and billboard. So yeah, the only person or thing that I, I'm not sure what it is, is Brandy Melville.
1: That's clothing. It's kind of like forever 21. Uh, I think this is really, I think okay. some of these brands like, and I'll, and let me go back to the article so I can tell you like that brand. And um, hold on. Where did it go? That episode uh, engagement. Okay. So MTV, NBA, NFL, Hollywood Life, Aeropostale, um, and then People, E! Online, and then the two clothes, the Urban, uh, Vicky, Victoria's Secret, Hollister. Those are all the um, f- geared towards people who are like 18 to 25, and they're probably heavier social media users. So that explains okay. some of that. Like those clothes are, just because I have an 18-year-old, so I know like... That's the stuff that those are the places she shops the most often. I mean, E Online, I'm assuming, you know, and then for boys, it's probably N- NBA, NFL, MTV, you know? Like that, to me, that's like, these are Generation Y, Z people. That's why.
0: Okay. So for you okay. and
1: I, the things, for you and I, I think the ones that are the most <clears throat> notable are Fox News, National Geo. Buzzfeed, Huffington Post, right? uh, You know, ABC. Those are the ones that I think are big because that's if if they're not eighteen to twenty five, that's like everybody else. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's interesting. All right, but but really, what I wanted to show you was that. Telemundo, Telemundo, Telemundo. This part wasn't even the part I wanted to point out. Okay, what is it? It was underneath that. If so, when you guys read the article, go underneath the that. Square where it says which industries rule social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the that top crazy. two are TV and publishing. The, they have the most shares of fans. They have the most sh- post shares. They have the most shares of cu- of customer engagement, which means people write in and say their experience, or they post pictures saying, "Look at me, I'm watching Telemundo," or whatever. Right. You're TV right. and publishing. The other stuff is not as important, but the fact that like you're a publishing entity, you're getting the most engagement because that's us. That's me.
0: That's you. That's every podcaster is a publisher.
1: Right. Yeah. That's why I thought it was good. But, yeah, that's your, true. but your point is good, too. I mean, it's just interesting. And
0: there's actually more to discuss on this, too, as well. But it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, when you guys do read this article, there is like a, a little graphic. And for the TV, they, they they break it down into share of fans and followers, mm-hmm. share of posts, mm-hmm. and share of customer engagement. So for each one of the industries. For the TV industry, the share of posts is like 40%. It like shoots up in the middle, like this pink bar goes all the way. <laughs> almost, And, and so does for publishing the same thing. It's like the biggest, the biggest one of those three between the share of fans, the share of posts and the share of, uh, custom customer engagement. The middle one is the biggest one right. um, for publishing is also really interesting because the share of customer engagement is also almost right there with share of posts. So that's really, that's really yeah. interesting for those, for those, um, industries totally. there. Totally. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's it's pretty neat to see this, but here here's the other um, kind of bit of conversation that I wanted to talk about because this is a conversation that I've heard in the podcasting industry, specifically from people who are. Uh, let me see how I would position this because there's a lot of conversation right now around how to measure uh, podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Period. Uh, above possibly a download. And this is a specific conversation if you're looking for sponsors, because there's been a way that it's been set up. And then there's a new way that some of the the, the newer people that I guess are in this space right now that are bringing a lot of the same language from mainstream media into podcasting that are mm-hmm. trying to, kind of talk the same language and sell the ads in, with the same sort of vocabulary that larger mm-hmm. brands are used to hearing. So this is going to help with that as well. So mm-hmm. the biggest conversation about this right now is how to measure, and it's engagement versus impressions, Mm-hmm. so here's a quote from the article there's a divide among marketers on whether the right currency for metric for social media which i feel podcasting is kind of part of ought to be engagement or impressions miss yuki said <laughs> 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 while share a, share started by measuring engagement. It's moving towards tracking impressions on a brand and industry basis as well. Ms. Yuki said passion brands in TV, publishing, or sports tend to focus more on engagement while more utilitarian brands focus more on reach to evaluate social media the same way they do other media. It would be, quote, it would be missing a lot of juice of social to only think about reach and impressions, unquote, she said. Quote, but I do think social will continue to struggle to get a real seat at the table without measuring impressions unquote. that's right
1: she's honor she's she is right it can only really be about impressions
0: and so now but now here's my my thing though Jess like how do you measure impressions and where are you measuring these impressions like what exactly what exactly what is an impression exactly yes because that <laughs> that really is where the conversation in podcasting is going as well yeah. So impressions are every time
1: an ad is served, not every time an ad is seen. And there is a very big difference. Yes. So, like for example, um, and I, there's a plugin that I put on my WordPress on the WordPress website for Lady Business Radio when I had and I'm gonna have to do it for She Podcast too, because we're taking advertisers now as well for the podcast movement thing. So I have to install this plugin, it's called Ad Rotate Pro. You you load up the ad. And then you just say, okay, I want it to run from this time to this time. And then you can also designate where, you know, what spot, what pages if you want. So like, think about it like this. Okay. So when I used to work for philly.com, for example, let's say i sold in, um, you know, like Jack's sporting goods. Okay. They're really only going to want to be on the sports page or like maybe like whatever pages the dude's are reading. They don't want to be on home and garden. That's dumb. So I would, so, you know, you'd load up the ad and then you say, okay, I want it to run. He's paid for January through March. He's paid to be on the sports page and he wants to be on the TV guide and he wants to be on this. And let's say he's only, you can sell impressions. So like, let's say he's only paid for a hundred thousand impressions. You stop running the ad when you hit a hundred thousand impressions. Now, when I first started selling advertising, you couldn't designate what times of the day. So if some idiot is refreshing a page over and over at 2 in the morning, hmm. that would count as 10 impressions. And it hmm. would it's kind of a waste of money. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of a waste of money to pay for impressions because you have no control over how many times or when that ad is served. I think now it's a little more advanced in that you can say like 8 to 5. And but you can't say, "Don't serve it to the same people over and over you There's really no way of doing that because impressions is the software is only trained to say, Okay, you've seen it, you've seen it. So you know how you see those ads in Facebook over and over and over again that's yeah. an impression you know then when you look at your Facebook unique impressions, that's what it's measuring not how many people, but how mm. many times it's been shown It's a huge difference, and so what this woman is saying is like um." Now you should, we should be able to measure engagement. But if you think about that, it's impossible. There's no way of promising engagement to anybody because you have, you cannot control your audience. You've never been able to control your audience. And, and, and that's the same with all, that's always been the same for media. Like when you buy a newspaper ad, yeah, you care how many people get the paper, but they're not going to say, I promise you 20,000 people are going to read it. How? Half of those people are on vacation. The other half of the people just only read on Wednesdays. Like, you don't know. It's the same. Like, you can't say, like, I know these people are going to... I promise 800 people are going to send a photo in with their dog. No, you don't. Hmm. You can't. What if the... Ads in the wrong language. What if it's unreadable? What if there's a technical error? What if people really hate a dog chow? We don't know that because we're just trying. To, I mean, you don't you can't control other people, so that's why it's like you have to go with impressions. And that's why when you sell even podcast um, advertising, you have to say like, what you're really buying is brand awareness. I can't promise that you'll get a full return on investment, but I can promise that you know this. You know, we have this many impressions. And especially with email, you can say, I know I have this many people who opened it or this many people who click on it. And you deliver that information too, but no advertiser has ever expected me to say, like, I promise that 100 people are going to click on it. But I can still say at the end of the month, you got 100,000 impressions, you got 2,000 clicks. Hmm. That's not nothing. But there's right. never going to be a big amount because people ignore advertising. They always right. have, they always will. Just because it's a passion brand doesn't necessarily mean you can promise engagement. That's why I think she's right. Like social media and will never be able to um, promise engagement. I mean she's saying we should be able to or we're trying to measure it and you can measure it all day long. But that doesn't mean you can promise it when you're selling. You can't. How could you?
0: Yeah. And it's, well, see, I think that that's, that's a really great point that you're putting out there because I find that it's a challenge and it's also a challenge for the industry or even, you know, for podcasters right now, I guess the biggest conversation is around the fact that in the past you've been selling ads based upon the download and that's what you report back to Your that's that's, right. You know that's what you report to your advertiser, right? Similarly, that's not a listen. That's a press play. Yes, that's a no. That's actually a download. That's not a listen. That's a download. No, I've read that when that anytime someone presses
1: play and it plays for ten seconds, that's considered a download in Libsyn.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Because it's progressive. we will we'll not get. Yeah, <laughs> let's not get into semantics. But they don't have to. Oh, oh, but it is semantics because peop, because advertisers see downloads and they think two
1: thousand people have listened. No, one person played, pressed play, and kept getting interrupted twenty times. Right. That's not a. Da- I mean, so it's even the same with this. Downloads don't mean diddles, really. Right, that's but, why the Twitter bots is such a big deal because you're getting people to automatically click and they're not listeners. They're ex- not listeners.
0: You're yeah, right. And that's what, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so here, here's the, the, the question. So even be- above that though, Jess, because now the conversation, like before you could sell, so basically let's say I was, you know, the agency president and I'm selling my advertising for, you know, a set amount of, of podcasts mm-hmm. and I can sell them, you know, I, I'll, I'll approach, you know, L'Oreal or something like that to yeah. to you know advertise on this clump some of podcasts and i can say definitively you know this clump has a million downloads per month of, of all of these podcasts mm-hmm. so you know they would buy that they would buy that on that so that they would get like an ad per download mm-hmm. and then that's how you would sell it it was an impression from the, for for that for that specific ad but then there's other uh, places now that are kind of shifting that model and what they're doing is they are kind of they are selling impressions they're no longer selling the download so let's that's say that's what i'm doing when So i then put like, our media kit
1: together that is what i'm doing like if you notice on the numbers page it says this many followers this many emails this many downloads because what i am yeah i mean i'm selling impressions i could go that way too if we you know we have like say an average of three thousand um unique visitors to our website every month so i could sell 500 impressions and knowing full well that the ad knowing how much traffic i have i know the ad will be delivered at least 500 times but could i sell how many you know how many people could i sell that to you know like i mean like i'd have to full you know i really only sell up i can't sell anyone 4,000 impressions because we don't have that on our site. Right. But, but sites like Huffington Post can do that. They can say, okay, your ad package includes 20,000 impressions. It means that ad's going to be seen 20,000 times. Well, that's easy to sell when you have a site that gets, you know, 5 million visitors.
0: Right. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it did make sense. And so now, but but let me like just Go continue ahead. Sorry. on the, I know, on the I totally you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so after, mm-hmm. you know, if you're selling, so like say I, I'm doing it from this new model, then what you could do is instead of counting it as a download. So let's say, you know, in this package of, you know, women centric content that we're, you know, pitching to L'Oreal, that mm-hmm. now instead of pitching that $1 million that 1 million download mark, that 1 million downloads, we would have to look into each one of these podcasts. And let's say ours generally runs around an hour. That's usually an an average of your she podcasts. So Mm -hmm. we could possibly have up to three ads for every one of our episodes. So we would have one, you know, at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end or something Mm -hmm. along those lines or one in the Mm -hmm. first, you know, quarter or whatever. So we would have three impressions per download, that's what they're selling right now. So. Wait, but that's. That's not measurable. Is that not the most complicated thing? Yet? That's no, that's saying. not true. Unless
1: it's the same advertiser three times. No, per no, episode. no.
0: That's not what they're selling. So if you want to listen to. Say it again.
1: You so have three spots per episode. Yes.
0: And those three spots could be bought by different advertisers. Three different people. Uh huh. So how is that three? There are three impressions. Three different people are oh. getting that. That's not an impression, though.
1: Like, in, like it would only be three impressions per download if it was the same advertiser. Otherwise, it's one impression per download. And you could sell it that way, too. You could, yeah. You could say, like, like you could say to the advertiser, well, since we have two, we're going to give you two spots. And that way, you'll have two. Yeah, that's right. You'll have two impressions yeah. per download. That makes sense. but. But it's not three if there's three different people because it's only one serve per ad.
0: Exactly one serve. But what I'm saying is, how complicated is that?
1: It's complicated. Yeah, because you could either
0: you could either buy like you could either buy like you could have somebody buy all of your the possibility – all the odd spots, or you can start to differentiate and have like three advertisers per per thing. And.
1: yeah. I mean, I also think it's annoying that they're using the word impression for a podcast because it's not an impression. It's like a listen. An impression is a website term. And it's like, how can you, how can you, I don't know. It's like saying a view. It's like calling people who listening viewers. It makes no You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. No, that they it's would true. Use like a, I mean, it's- and I'm trying to think of like a, a show that's long, like, let's say like WTF, I guess. Um, Would it count as an impression if we had an audio ad that they created and then you and I discussed it? Would that be considered two impressions per episode? And could I sell it that way? I mean, is that really what they're doing? Like you and I discuss Boss Jock and then Boss Jock has an ad? That's two impressions. Yeah, I don't then, know. But I then have do no they idea. add that to the web impressions? Like, are they then saying, okay, we get a thousand downloads per episode. So now you've had 2,000 audio impressions, and then we get 3,000 on the website. So now you have 5,000 impressions? Because they're two totally different things. One is an ad serve with color and text, and one is in someone's ear holes, right. not eyeballs. So, totally. like, it irks me that, can't okay, call it something else? But then, I mean, but you said at the beginning, like, you can't call it something else. You're trying to speak a language that old, and I get that, but like, it's it's not just confusing. It's it feels incorrect to me.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where they are right now. That's where the yeah. big guns are in the conversation on the table, trying to find the language that everybody wants to speak and to get the results that everybody wants to get. And well, who gets to decide? Well, there's a the IAB the IAB meets IAB IAB are are meeting who dat? who that. <laughs> Uh it is a uh, 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 interactive advertising bureau. Yes. And so they they are meeting and they actually had a meeting when we went to Vegas uh for New, oh, New Media Expo. We it, missed it. No, no, no. They well there's like a group of people who are kind of in this who are like the leaders in the space who are dealing with this language all the time. And so what's tough is that you have like kind of half of the people who are wanting to use this kind of language and then half of the people who are using this kind of language and basically it's it's just a tough situation to be in right now. I, all I have to say is that I would not want to be part of the people that are in that table <laughs> because yeah. It's just too complicated. I mean even with us we're like well no I mean, is it an, imp- what is the thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so, there's so much. And, and so, yeah, that that's like one of the biggest issues that we see. And I don't know how to answer that question. Although, Jess, I haven't really heard, I don't see too many pre, not pre, I, I do hear pre-recorded ads that are being done by the host, but I have not heard proper like the way that you would imagine an advertiser or an advertising would be inserted into like uh like into our podcast where it would really it would definitely definitely you would know that it's an ad it's not us yeah it's somebody else like i have not heard that in a podcast really you haven't no not in a while. I mean, it's been a while. I worked on some of those. In fact, I was the voiceover pe- person doing it. Right, right. Um, but I was actually creating the ads to be inserted in other people's podcasts. So I know that it was done. But as of now, I have not heard those ads inserted. It, you know, that, that like, like somebody like we would sell just like a like their read of an ad. And then we yeah. would just simply just put it at the beginning of the show or something like that. Um, I have not heard that
1: i haven't either
0: i have heard tons of like yeah commercial like that i've heard tons of like ad breaks where it's like okay now it's time for like let's say like right now in fact why don't we do one right now what a great segue that's right (laughs) so this is how it's done so you basically stop and we would just go like we have a new sponsor jess how fun is that yeah yes so we do music we have that is a parade, parade that's a parade music for our, for our new sponsor so we are so happy to say that Boss Jock is our sponsor for the Yay! podcast movement our She Podcast like one day event and they've been so fantastic at supporting us and, and women so we're happy to have them but um, they're going to be helping us because this is a request that I just that we got via social media um, Liz Cover actually requested an entire show on this and maybe we could just do little bits and pieces but um so boss jock is going to be sponsoring mobile podcast hints yes and uh we're going to of course be showcase showcasing boss jock studio which is an ios app yeah uh, for ten dollars nine ninety nine it's the best ten dollars i've ever spent though you guys yeah and i'm not awesome. even just
1: saying that because you're paying me because i've said it before <laughs> i no, have i love boss shock it's, it's so really, awesome the, the audio quality you wouldn't even believe it because when you just do like a regular voice taping on iphone it's like ah eh. but somehow boss shock it's good and you can even you can even pump it up in there too it has like a whole it's kind of like a mixer in there as well
0: it's pretty awesome and they're going to be yeah. coming out with a new which i'm kind of testing right now i have <gasps> do i have, you have it i do have it i want it it's awesome Maybe it's it really me. great it's Junior. It's so so cute. So how does that work? What is it? Is is it a video? No, no, no. It's so, it's okay. So this is the coolest thing ever. Get this, get this. So you can record, you you record in Boss Jock the way that you would, like, it's just an app. You record your stuff. And then in the export, it creates an MOV. So you know how podcasters really want to get on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And then they usually have to create their audio files and create a video file, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now yeah. you don't have to do that. You can export into MOV directly from Boss Junior. Jr. Well, so is it still taping audio? audio. Or, uh. It's still taping audio. And okay. so what you do is you use a, you use, actually, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put a link in the show notes to how um, Dave Bansuero, who is one of the co-founders and co-creators of Boss Jock Studio, Studio, um, he created he he actually did it. So he has a, a YouTube video, which is really not really a video. It's like just a still, you know, it's a still image. But you can hear him in the background. And that's what people have been doing anyway. So this is another fantastic way to just leverage. And you can... Oh, my gosh. I, the ideas are coming into my head like crazy. Like, you can... I'm sure you could cut cut it down and put it into Instagram or vine and then just have an audio piece with a steady uh, camera at the front. But anyway, that, so that's what it is. And it's so awesome. And it's much more, it's cleaner. Um, not, I, I guess cleaner in terms of like the, the image, the, the pictures, the graphics are slightly different, but it's still the same boss jock. Uh, Is it, is it, it's, it's a mobile app though, right? It is a mobile app. It's for iOS. Yes. Does it integrate with current Boss Jock or is it a separate app? It's a separate app. Okay, cool. And it looks differently. So Boss Jock right now currently has like a black, it's like a black app and it's got the outline is, you know, depending upon what you have, it has a little um, black outline for the microphone. It's like, you know, white. So this app has a white background and it's got like a little orange, an orange microphone on it. So it has a different icon and everything. So that is, it's very, very cute. I love it a lot and I cannot yeah. wait to play. I wanted to play with yesterday, but then I, cause I was out with my girls and then I just thought like, no, people are going to look at me funny. I get really self-conscious when I'm recording like out in the world. So I have to Did get you? over myself. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I kind of stopped myself. I was going to like do a little audio tour where, where I was and I'm like, I don't want anybody to
1: look at me oh my god it sounds so good though when you use boss Jack. it sounds really really good it's
0: fantastic so anyway so this is a little tip from Dave he says on the go and you need to capture you know a little uh, some studio quality sound for a voice or a promo you gotta find a closet man you got have to have it big enough for you and your iPhone so that's about it and those jackets and scarves hanging with deaden it'll make, you know, anything that's in there, it's going to deaden the reflections of your voice against yeah. the walls. And that's what you not want. Not a bathroom stall, a closet. A closet. Yeah. With stuff in it. Yeah. I've tried the bathroom. Does not work no, very it's all well. It's echoey in it's there. It's totally echoey in there. It sucks. Uh, everyone will think that you were a million dollars to you. No joke. Or at least no one will ever su- suspect that you were in a closet. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, yeah. So that was. the difference at all. Absolutely. And so, well, you know, this is from uh, Boss Jock Studio, so podcast from iOS. No PC needed. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I dropped my mic. <laughs> that scared you so much. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, so check out Boss Jock. It's bossjockstudio.com. I do have it. I've used it before. Another thing I like about it, and I'm just going to say, I know we're spending a lot of time on this now, but like... <laughs> I like that you can like upload little audio clips to Dropbox or your iTunes library and you can incorporate them and mix it all in there too it's so really easy. advanced it's cool
0: so easy it's not even okay. funny all right, Sorry. thank you, boss Jock. Thank you, love you'm
1: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so excited
0: all right, you got something here now that you yes. um want to talk about so.
1: Yes, there was this article that Ad Week did on Ira Glass, and the title of the article is. Um, Ira Glass comes to Cannes in search of brands that appreciate great storytelling. So basically, he went to the Cannes, I guess, film festival to look for advertisers that want to support the kinds of podcasts like Serial. But I just thought it was interesting in there how like, conveniently – well, just listen. To, I'll, I'll just read you this tiny little bit. It's, he says – this is Ira talking – we feel like podcasting can be TV, it really can. But there still aren't that many people making things at the great quality of TV. I feel like that's slowly going to come up in terms of audience numbers, in terms of where it can go. Last fall, two things happened. This is still Ira talking. One was technological. The iPhone put a podcasting app on the home screen as part of every iPhone people buy. So for the first time, people weren't asking, How do I get them? What do I do? It suddenly became, I push this button, I can see what the top 10 shows are. Suddenly it was way easier. The second thing was the jump in numbers the Edison group saw from 14 to 17% of all Americans having listened to a podcast. And Elsie, you and I have talked about that on the show before. Yes, we can. 14 yeah. to 17%. Yeah. And, and, and Iris says, that's just going to keep climbing. Part of it was technological, and then part of it was really serial. <laughs> after all, after serial... All big podcasts experienced a jump. I know for This American Life, we gained hundreds of thousands of people in the wake of Serial success. Serial was such a phenomenon and got so many people listening to podcasts who hadn't listened before. Hmm. I, want to, I want to know what you think about that.
0: Well, Do you agree? I think that there were some people that did listen to more podcasts. Yes, there were some. I don't think that... Um, but I also think that it was a specific genre of podcast that yes. might have gotten the hit. And it was generally the NPR NPR piece. one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, of course, This American Life is going to have a jump after Serial has a successful one. But, I mean, how many people has he surveyed? Right. What about other? Did Mark Marin gain followers and listeners? He doesn't know. He doesn't care. He knows This American Life right. got a jump. and And, of course, they would. Yeah. But does he really think all podcasts because of what Serial did for podcasting? You know, there was somebody in a group we did where like somebody was saying, I'm so tired of NPR congratulating themselves for inventing podcasting. And like, I was just like, I don't know if they really do that, but maybe they do. Well a little I,
0: bit yeah, I think so, I think that there's a little bit to that, yeah absolutely um there is something that in this okay, so we one thing we got some feedback yeah. from uh, on the feed on our latest episode of the feed episode number forty nine where we played it back and it was from uh Uh, Joe, I think, from the Stacking Benjamin show, where he mentioned and he asked this question of Rob about a jump after Serial kind of came to an end and he saw a jump in his stats. Now, um, as of now, we haven't really been able to really trace that to specifically Serial. He said he also saw a jump in stats after the Mark Marin episode came out. And I don't think I've seen that. You know, myself, maybe he saw a correlation. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think that we can really track that. I think that the visibility of podcasting as a whole, absolutely. It's, but most yes. especially with Mark Marin. I think with the Mark Marin thing, I think it was even bigger because. I agree. Because with serial, it was sort of still. Okay, so it was st- it was a serial show, right? It was a show that you listened to every week in your ears, and you got the story and it was like a show that you were binging on, like a sh- like a TV show that you were binging on, mm-hmm. so that you're kind of used to that and you wanted to see the through line and you were really excited and you were talking to your friends about it. But I think the mark maron um you know president conversation was a different th- that's more like what podcasts are. I think that there are more. People who are doing interview shows like the Mark Marin thing than are doing people like shows like Serial. So I think the people who are listening to the NPR shows and the Serial shows didn't even know that there was a podcast that could be like the Mark Marin podcast, that that's also right. a podcast. Right.
1: They only know about the NPR ones probably yes, now. Yes,
0: because of this. St- right. They're very specific right. in the way that they're done. So yeah, I feel that that has brought even more of attention to the medium because. Because of the story also behind Mark Marin which that you know the, the conversation about that is well he's you know he he was a comedian he's in his garage it's not in a it's not a highly highly produced show it's just him and the pre- and then you could see it and so there was like all that conversation then that really aligns more with the way podcasters are actually doing things rather than having a studio with all of these sound bites and all this high- tech gear and all of this amazing you know producers of your show and showrunners and people who are doing the story like there's so much more to producing a show like npr which is amazing and it's great work but it's not what most i would say the majority of podcasters are doing we're like getting behind the mic and talking yeah yeah like that so,
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, and and it's. I didn't know they were that arrogant, but they really do think there's something special. <laughs> <back, don't> <laughs> oh <my
0: God>. Maybe <laughs> now here's and something else. Now that we're like kind of chatting about that, this is random. I just put that link in our show notes right now, and I just read this. Just read this. And it's an article on Jacob's media blog, and it says to podcast or not to podcast, but he actually really brings things into perspective here via the voice of my other co-host, Rob, which is, you know, Rob is very opinionated and he's got like a really interesting take on stuff. And so... Um, his whole thing begins, his whole article begins, to podcast or not to podcast? That is the question.
1: Whether he, tis nobler. Oh, and, oh, my God, yes. That's all I know, actually, of that right. speech.
0: <laughs> that's about it
1: for me as well. To suffer the slings and arrows <laughs> of outrageous fortune. Oh, my God, look at you. By opposing anthem. That's all. That's all you get. That's all you get. Yes, yep, if you want to see you,
0: Jessica, do Hamlet for the yeah. rest you can, you'll, keep, that'll keep be part, of our, that'll be n- part n- of our extra bonus features. All right. So, okay. if you believe the mainstream media podcasting is going through the resurgence, and um, this yes. is part of the, you know, uh, part of the yep. blog post. And he says, don't believe the mainstream media. Despite the recent headlines, podcasting continues to experience slow but steady growth. Rob Walsh, the VP of Podcast Emulations at the podcasting host Libsyn, explained at this year's New Media Expo that podcasting is experiencing a resurgence in press coverage. Right. Not listenership. (laughs) For there uh, to be true resurgence, listening would have to have declined, and it never did. Um, So it's really interesting because also last week, Tom Webster, and this is still from the article, Edison's research VP of strategy and marketing, presented a webinar titled The Podcast Consumer 2015. And here's the bottom line. The number of people who listen to podcasts is growing steadily, but it's still fairly small. According to Edison, in 2015, 17% of people listen to podcasts at uh, least monthly, Um, and that is up 2% from the previous year. So it's interesting because you can position these to go anywhere. And of course it's growing, but it's not growing at the rate that you would imagine. You know, it's like people think that it's just so huge and it's just, that's not happening. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that one as well because it's like... He's
1: right. I think he's right. I mean, But
0: but when did podcasting... I
1: mean, yeah, they got a pretty big press push this year, but like when did they... I think it's Serial that got the press push. Like when has podcasting not gotten press? they always kind of
0: yeah they always do, and do
1: don't like at least the stuff that i see and watch but i watch nerdy stuff but like podcasts are featured pretty regularly like big bang theory and entertainment weekly
0: and like I don't know. Like, I feel like they're around. I think that what's happening too is is that you see those articles a lot from, from what you're talking about. There's a lot of us that yeah, are. Being like, I, I, I read
1: nerdy stuff, so I see podcasting everywhere.
0: Yeah, but serious. but when they say that they had a podcast, let's say the the layperson that isn't really into podcasting, they just skim over that. It's sort of like whatever that is. Anyway, they were on the TV show. You know what I mean? So it's like there isn't that much, and there's so many people. That are doing amazing things using social media and, and, and getting like bigger followers, if you will, doing podcasts that nobody is really talking about right now. And like, have you heard of Brian Kopelman? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so he's got his podcast. It's called the moment. With Brian Copelman, And it's one of my, another favorite of mine. I, I don't listen to it religiously all the time, but I do love to listen to his conversations with people and the whole concept of his, he's a famous director, guys, just in case you didn't know, and, um, and writer and whatnot. But um, he, it's interesting because his whole focus is on really keying in on the moment when people had the biggest transitions, the biggest shifts in their life, whatever that might be. And of course he's got a lot of famous friends, so they have really riveting conversations and it's really great. But now Brian has been using Periscope a lot. So he's been, he's been live streaming his stuff and it's amazing how much, uh, he's getting out there. And I feel that for a, for even for somebody behind the scenes, like he is like somebody who's been writing or directing or producing movies and TV, how neat is it to be able to go to behind the scenes and, and, and do this and talk to the people. Right. And it's funny. Cause mm. I watched him do a periscope and there was this guy who kept asking, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He kept asking Brian. And I was, and it was so funny because he kept reading. He's like, who am I? Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just great because at least. I'm Brian. I'm Brian. And so it was funny because it's still, he's being exposed to people who don't know who he looks like, what his trajectory is, like all the things that he's done, but he's still trying to, I mean, how many times have you had access to somebody that's got that kind of Hollywood pull? That is right there talking with you, or that is, you know, and he he he's really engaged on Twitter. He really wants to hear from his audience. Uh, it feels very intimate as podcasting is. That he's really just talking to you, and I feel like wow, I really like him because he's kind of taking the curtain away from like those are the big guys in Hollywood. Nobody talks to those guys. So yeah, right. Anyway, I really dig that. I really like his his podcast. So yeah. anyway, Jess, I kind of um want to talk with you about your money cast, your money cast.
1: I don't want to talk about my money, please. <laughs> but um, do we, ha- are you sure we have time? Yes, of course. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it really quick. Well, I was talking, I was, th- it's funny cause this only came up because I was thinking about this show and I was thinking about like, cause I love talking about news and stuff But I was thinking, have we, have we maybe accidentally gone away from like the, the she part of the she podcasting, even though you and I are giving commentary and we're female. We're not necessarily giving female commentary, if that makes sense. So I was like, do we need to go back to that, blah, blah, blah? And then I was thinking, you know what? I'd actually, I do have something I really want to discuss on on here that is very she-oriented and here it is. So I'm starting this show called The Money Cast and and it's so close, by the way, to launching and I'm really excited about it. But it's a show that's just going to talk about whether or not and how podcasters can make money. Like how they do it, can they do it? And I want to, a, a lot of the show I think is going to be interviewing other people that do make money and and talk about how they do and when did they start doing it and have they seen a, pro, you know, I don't want to do like a monthly income report or anything, but I do want to. Why not? Just kidding. Honestly, just I don't kidding. know. I, that's a whole nother episode, but like, okay. I, I just, it, I, I will be honest about my numbers that our numbers, but I don't know that I necessarily want to like put people on the spot about their numbers all the time. That's going to make me feel like a douche. Yeah. yeah. But like, anyway, so the other part of the episode is going to be me documenting the process of trying to monetize our show, this show, she podcasts, and also um, talk about getting sponsors for the event. I'm documenting the whole process in the money cast because I think it would, because that's one of the questions that comes up over and over and over in masterminds in podcasting school and in she podcasts is when can I get sponsors? How do I get advertisers? Do I need a media mm. kit? What's in a media kit? So I want to cover all this in the show and offer templates and, you know, and just kind of like tell you what works for me and what's not working for me so far. Right Now, as I'm putting together the brand, this is just something I noticed on the side, right? Because I'm a designer and I'm like, I noticed that I was like, well, I don't want the font to be too girly. I better pick a green <laughs> That's not too minty. I don't want it to seem too pastel-y <laughs> because I want dudes to listen to. And this is the first brand I've created for myself right. that was geared towards men and women. And I'm very conscious of like the font being gender neutral and the colors being gender neutral. But not only just gender neutral, I want it to appeal to men as well. And so I'm almost skewing it male,
0: almost. right, right. right.
1: And I'm trying to think, you know, and I, I didn't even think, but talking to you now, I'm even thinking like what brands are gender neutral, like the gap, I guess. Right. Like yeah, the very, gap is. like very not male or female specific, but it is navy blue. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is like, first I was thinking about brand and creating a brand that was gender specific, but then it got worse. Oh no. <laughs> then I started like, as I'm putting together my bio and a, the, about the show part, I started thinking. You guys aren't gonna listen to me talk about money because I'm a girl. <gasps> I know. It's so unlike me to even think that or care. I started feeling crazy insecurity, not just because I'm not a financial expert, which I'm not, right. nowhere close. Never studied it. Barely have any money. Right? right. Like I'm not a money <laughs> expert in any way, shape, or form. Always spent my allowance the second I got it. Right. I just like the conversation because I'm into marketing and stuff that works online and whatever. Right. I have no qualifications to do a money. I'm not Suzy Armand or even, you know, her brother. So like, <laughs> even he's more qualified than me. So like, so I started having a panic attack. Like they're going to hate me. They're going to yell at me. They're going to call me an idiot because I don't know what all I'm doing. I'm documenting the process. Who the F cares? Like she's just some dumb girl talking about money. I started to feel like, like I was doing a sports show or something.
0: Wow. That's hardcore, oh, dude. I remember you were getting, you were sending me those messages. I, know, that I was like, I was what? what a, are you like, talking I'm having about- a panic attack. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> what's wrong? And I don't know if these are money specific issues or gender specific issues. Like, is it normal that as a girl, I would feel intimidated about talking about what's typically a man's, is money even typically a man's subject? It's not. But if you were to look in the money podcast, I mean, you'd see a lot of dudes. Even yeah. in business, there's a lot of, even on TV, yeah. When, is, when do they ever have a a romantic comedy where the person's a, a where the girl is a is a um, stockbroker? I don't know. Ever. That's a really great question. I have no idea if that's ever happened. I well, have a girlfriend that is one, but I mean, like that's my life. That's not
0: right. anyway. Yeah, I think that there's, but you know what? And when I when you said that to me, I was like, what? What are you talk Like, it, it never even crossed my mind. Like the 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 whole the fear of why would they not want to listen to you talk about money never really came into my mind. Like it was just not something that popped in whatsoever. I was just like, oh, that's lame. The whole branding thing, on the other hand, I yeah, was no, just two like different things. I know. Yeah, no, I no, but I mean, for there. two of them, and I was just like, that's an interesting thing because. Because I don't think guys ever think about that. Like, no, right? But I, they would automatically create a
1: brand that was dudes centric yeah. anyway. They don't have to think about will women like this because right. men don't think that way. They don't give a crap, right? But I care because I feel like I can't look credible if I have a a, a fancy like a,
0: like a, a pink fancy bow. French brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a pink bow on like the like on top, top of the my brand.
1: Yeah, right. And actually, I was conscious of that when I was doing she podcasts as well. It is female, but I made a very conscious effort not to have it be pink and friffy.
0: Right, right. That it's just, it's colorful and it's. It's actually, that's yeah. not me
1: and you anyway. Right, right. But, but, um, I mean, podcasting school is pink and that's also for a reason because I wanted it to feel feminine and not, and I wanted to chase away dudes, but I didn't want that for, anyway, all these things, because I'm a branding person, are conscious, mm. but I don't consciously want to feel like I have to have, male centric in order for it to be credible. And I don't right. know why I feel
0: that way. Yeah. Cause that's a, it's a hard, it's you're, you're right. It just seems like that's not something that we often talk about. And I know that that's something that I don't think we go like women go out of their way to talk about money, like out of our mouths. We talk about it perhaps in our own minds. We that's might talk I mean. about it, was it in my mind though. In, yeah. I, or even with our significant others possibly. But it honestly
1: not- didn't even occur to share it until I was questioning whether or not we were talking about enough feminine stuff on this show. And then I thought, you know what? I have a big thing that I'm going through, actually.
0: Yeah, I think. And then I said, it didn't yes. even occur to me. I thought maybe we should definitely talk about it. Because it is something yeah. that I feel we, we a lot of us do kind of come into it. And right when you're about to launch, and I've seen this too. It's like, oh, my God, I'm about to put this. Like, you get so freaked out. Like, what am I about to do now? Like, what am I about to do? That's and- True, And there's that, there's that aspect of it of because, and I had that feeling, I had that feeling with the feed. I remember now started to, to move back on it. I had that feeling with the feed. I had that feeling Did? with She Podcasts. Yes. Because it's like, you're taking this huge step and putting your stuff out there. And I remember with the feed specifically when I was recording the show, as I'm reading, I had another talking voice inside of my head going, what are you doing? You sound so dorky. I yeah. don't understand yeah. what you're doing, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand. I, I, I just, I got so afraid of, of putting it out there. I just, you sound just not okay. Like I, I just kept having criticism on my own self. And I, I, that's what it is. I simply just decided to stop it. And I just put it out there. Like I had, it's really, it was easier for me to put the stuff out of the feed than it was for me to do anything else. Because there was a job uh, attached to it, there was an, there was another entity. So it was like, yes, it's me, but I'm representing Libsyn, so I have to do a very good job, and I need to suck it up. That was basically my own pep talk to myself. So, <laughs> so it was like that. I think my pep
1: talk went something like. Who cares if they don't like it just put it out there and see what happens. like I'm, I'm more yeah. to the see what happens than I am like you can do this like I don't really do that for myself. I'm more like a jump off the cliff and hope you don't die kind of person, not like a I need support I'm not like that so yeah. I mean and yeah, it probably was a benefit that you had a job attached to it and you really couldn't you couldn't you really had no choice. I mean, honestly, and right. like she, the she podcast was easy. Cause I already had a show geared towards women and it was going okay. So I was like, well, this will be cake. And then my initial idea for the money cast, I felt like it would be cake because I know so many podcasters and it's easy to talk to them. Right. Totally. Um, and I actually, now that we're talking about it more, you know, I have all these other ideas for entertainment type shows. And now I'm wondering if I'm procrastinating doing those because I'm doing another show for podcasters. But at the same time, I really do think it's a needed show, like there aren't any shows that talk about just how to make money for podcasters, yeah, and
0: especially from your from your perspective, you know from yeah the um, adverta- yeah the advertising perspective or also really just getting through to to, to really get some details because that, you know one conversation that I asked you too or that i I requested from you to yes. to dive deep into was the yeah. difference between strategy and tactics and results. You know, because there are so many tactics that we all can put in, you know, and, and that comes into not only the money stuff, but also social media things and Instagram stuff and, you know, Facebook ads. Like there's all of these different ways in which you can do stuff and you can teach people how to do those things, but do they actually give you results? Like all of that time, like that's my question right now for show notes, all of that time that you spend putting out show notes, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I'm honestly asking, like, how do you measure? No,
1: (laughs) especially after doing all that research on show notes and finding out that you're the only one writing all that
0: (laughs) crap. I mean, you and Pat Flynn, because <laughs> well, it's and I no, but you know what? I feel that there's a different. Well, oh, that's and a, I bet a whole. you Pat Flynn's outsourcing it Now oh, that we're talking about it. Now that no, I think he actually sits those. But I, you know what I do think though? I think he writes it, but I'm not sure. Make well, look at, we're talking about like him, like he like, I know, you know like what he's, he's doing. Like we're like, oh yeah, well yeah, I dude. asked him. I have I do, no I idea have
1: somewhere. No, I do somewhere. I I have had this conversation with him, but I just don't remember which pieces he does.
0: Yeah, that that's what it is. But 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 I'm also thinking about like what. So what is like I and that. That's what we told them podcasting school for women. It's like, ask your audience, like what's benefiting them? Because if all of this work that you're doing and they're not even looking at them yeah. or, or it, it's just such a waste. Like I do know, I don't, and, and I said this to our ladies as well. I don't go to people's websites ever. Like never. maybe like 1% of the time no, I'll never go the oh, but I do, I absolutely 100% look at the show notes inside of the podcast app. I absolutely do that because most of the time, when I'm reading, when I'm reading, when I'm listening to a podcast, they mention something that I'm like, "Oh, that's a really neat tool I've never seen." And for like one of my favorites, the Mac Power Users, every time that they, they mention a new app, they mention a new microphone, or they mention a new workflow, or an article that was really great, or a book, or something like that, I immediately look at the show notes and I go through, I go look. Like I actually go see the article or I go see the app inside of my phone and get this. This is my, oh Jesus. I am such, I am such a, like a, a, I am like the ultimate podcast fan girl. Like when I'm listening to, you can sell me almost anything. I got to tell you, I was listening to Rocket. Uh, the other day, my my other favorite show, and they were mentioning stuff about, um, you know, they were talking about uh, the Civil War because, of course, of everything that happened in in Charlotte, North Carolina, and all that stuff. So. They were mentioning about the the civil war and they said there is a really wonderful book on Audible and they she just literally mentioned it. She said it's a really great book on Audible. It's very deep. It's called The Civil War: A Narrative and it's really long. It's really in depth and it's an amazing resource. Guess how fast I bought that. I think immediately. Immediately. I now own The Civil War Narrative. It's 36 hours long. 37 what the hours hell? long. I know. It's like one of those books what that are I'm really fast and i started listening to it last night and it was so awesome like listening to the background stories of all of these like of the civil war hello i had no interest on the civil war okay. before that but i was listening to rocket and i thought this is something i need to know the oh you know the history for what because life is changing like like the, the confederate flag stop and uh, you know, i agree it should be in a museum well that's what i'm saying <laughs> What I'm saying is like I wanna know it's more.
1: T shirt. It's ridiculous. Well,
0: I'm just saying that it, regardless of the society cultural things that are happening now, I wanna know more. I studied the Civil Wars when I was in high school. Of course I did. But I wanna know more now. I want a different perspective. I wanna oh, history's fascinating. And I so mean... then I thought I went out and I gosh darn it, bought that book. I would have not known that if the Rocket girls were not talking about it. I did not go to the website, I didn't go to the Rocket website, none of that stuff. I, they had a link to it inside of the, of their show notes, which you can, yeah, which, which you can read people's show notes inside of the app that I was listening to. I was listening to it on Castro because I don't listen to the podcast app. And I immediately just tapped the button, went to audible, done. (laughs) it It was like that easy. So I feel show notes for a podcast listener in a device really are amazing so yes they are you know they work but in a blog format i'm not sure like it's a totally different animal but anyway now we're totally in a completely different conversation
1: now. history is so interesting my dad <laughs> loves history we have a million books about all different time periods it's so interesting and fun i love thinking about what life would be like without all the things that we have now
0: well, yeah, and now I love it because I'm such an audible freak because I listen to stuff. So now, whenever I want to just like, I now have a book for every single situation that I want. Like the Civil awesome. War, I, I I got it. I got I have the Civil War and I have all the, the entire volumes of Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, like it's oh, like my God. It's like 40 hours what worth. It's happening. 58 hours. It's the complete Sherlock Holmes. Those are my two books that I the love. the next to- time
1: you have surgery, you'll <laughs> listen to that.
0: And I like that because that's a really great one to fall asleep to because it's like lots of words. And and like I just like that. It helps me fall asleep. <laughs> I'll bet. And every morning I wake up, I'm like, oh. I just heard like 30 minutes that I didn't really hear. So I rewind it. So I never get past the first chapter, but still. Oh, <laughs> funny. It's pretty funny. Actually. Oh, uh, in the life of the crazy Elsie, how she learns. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm like totally into all that.
1: Hi, babe. Oh, so, okay. Yes. So anyway, yes. so you think it's just a matter of being afraid to put something out there in general and nothing to do with gender. You don't think there's something to be said for like women feel like they can't talk about math and money
0: math and money. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't know because I don't know. I I don't have an answer for you on that. I don't know if I would get behind the mic and start talking about my money. I do have, I I have to say that I have a resistance to, to income reports, uh, but I have a resistance around money as a whole. Yes. So then that
1: brings us to the next topic. Oh, great. But before we get there, let's ask the audience. Okay. Send me feedback. Do you have a show that is male and female oriented? And if so, were you conscious of it when you were creating your brand or did you just go, ah, forget it. Whoever listens, listens and do the brand how you want. Same with your topic. If you'd have like a what's typically or what feels like a male topic, were you conscious of that before you launched? I just would like to hear your experience. You can feel free to tell me that I'm crazy for feeling this way or, you know, if you relate. Um The next topic, if we even have time, we should maybe do two episodes this week. That's how long this show is.
0: I know, right? Wait, no, hey. You know what we can do is we can put the next topic for next time because I think that will oh, be- Oh, man. A really, I know. I'm, I'm making you suck it and wait. <laughs> now suck we're doing cliffhangers, That's so not good. We're doing cliffhangers. So we're going <laughs> to let the other topic that Jessica has a lot Let's to say about that. to me- I do. For I next
1: time. But now I have to wait to- we always save the conversation for being on air and like, now I can't talk to you about it, period. Well,
0: now you're going to have so to wait. So we tape. I know. So you have, to, oh, nice. you have to put your thoughts down on paper. Not that you'll ever forget. You'll always have something to say to me. So yeah. <laughs> if you have not signed up for our podcast movement session, people... Um, you do need to do that for She podcast, please, because now we are getting our sponsors in the house and we want to make this little experience for you very um, wonderful and sweet and lovely. In addition to learning a ton and being able to meet a, a ton of women who are like-minded and like-hearted and love this medium just as much as you, you need to go ahead and get yourself into the she podcast one day workshop, which is on Friday, July 31st. Oh my gosh. We're in July. I know. <gasps> and you that's coming up. So you out, go, you so... guys, yeah. You guys need to, yeah, we don't have room go. for like everyone. So yeah, y'all need to, to get started with this stuff. Like, oh, also
1: I want to say, if you are going to podcast meetup and you're not coming to the event, we are going to, I'm going to put this in the group. We're going to meet at the pool bar at 630 and all go to the party on Saturday night together. So we're going to have a little meetup and just have time to have a drink with you guys for about an hour before the Saturday night event at the pool bar in the hotel. And I'll put more information about that in the She Podcast group, shepodcast.com forward slash group.
0: Yep. Perfect. Fantastic. And all links, please, now, if wherever you're listening to right now, if you want to sign up for the session. You can just look at the show notes and you can click straight through and you can sign up right from the phone. Mm -hmm. Make me proud, ladies. Do it. (laughs) Do it right now. Do it. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's about it. And we do have a few more shows coming up. We're going to have tons of topics to talk about already because I think we're, I'm I'm trying to plan them ahead of time. That is shocking so that we will (laughs) have a little bit more focus whenever we do these and there will be just for requests and whatnot. Uh, So Yay. And you have to, you know, Yay. stay tuned for next week to, to hear what Jessica has to say to me.
1: Yes. Me. I'm giving her the business. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. And email, please, your feedback uh, over to feedback at shepodcast.com. We cannot wait for you to chat with us and let us know what your thoughts are. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: This podcast, this community, and our upcoming event at Podcast Movement would not be possible without support from our community, without support from you. And I cannot tell you how much we truly, truly appreciate all your help, but especially those of you who have stepped up to be a supporter and to be a sponsor for the Podcast Movement event called Empower, Expand, Evolve. First off and right away, I want to thank Vivian Carrasco and her podcast is Turning Inward with Dr. Vivian Carrasco. Her website is V-I-V-I-A-N-C-A-R-R-A-S-C-O. She is amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Viv. Also, I want to thank Karen Yankovic, Karen Yankovich com The name of her company, Uplevel Media LLC, and she just launched a program called um, a 30-Day LinkedIn Profile Challenge, and she's the, really the one to call if you are curious about how to set your podcast on your LinkedIn profile, which is something I know that I struggle with, so... KarenYankovich.com. Also, Jen Eds of 317 Sound Design, who actually helped us to create the Podcasting School for Women promo, and she's balls. Her website, BrassyBroad.com. Name of her podcast, The Brassy Broadcast. So cute and funny. Um, Lena Anani of NoteworthyWisdom.com. Her podcast, www.noteworthywisdom.com forward slash. Podcast and her website, noteworthywisdom.com. Again, Lena Anani, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Karen. And thank you, Christy Hausler, the brick and mortar reporter at thebrickandmortarreporter.com and her website, uh, teampodcast.com. And finally, I really want to thank. Boss Jock Studio, which by the way I own and I love. We talked about it uh during the show today, but uh please check out Boss Jock Studio and thank you, Dave, for being a huge supporter of She Podcast and our upcoming event.